Hey guys! Welcome to Soul Story, a Through the Breach actual play podcast set in the world of Malifaux. Today, I'm joined by... Moose, playing Felix. Spencer, playing Jared. Bam Bam, playing Albert Long. I'm Logan, I'm Rosa. And today we're doing a very special Q&A. So we wait, wrapped up... You? What? So wait, who are you? Wait, who? Oh, oh, me. Oh, that's right. I'm here. <laughs> who hey, are guys, you? <laughs> it's Alex. I'm your fate master. And today I'm your MC because we're going to do some fucking questions and answers. Yeah. Sweet. So, so yeah, we are doing a very special Halloween Q&A. We wrapped up, what, a week ago or so? Yeah. In theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had some questions about what the fuck happened. I know I have questions. I like almost 15 questions. But hey, I'm hoping people other than me have questions too. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think what would be best is maybe start out with Moose telling us a bit about this campaign and what it means to him. And anything oh, else? Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man. oh man, that's a big order. Right. Um, okay, so first, future Alex, I'm about to burp. I'm sorry. Fucking sexy. <laughs> It'll go in a blooper. There, there it is. There it is for all you people. Call me. Mm, fuck um, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? No. Um, <laughs> he just got super hard at its own burp. Man. That's <laughs> uh, fine. It's fine. Uh, okay, so this campaign is an homage to an old world of darkness module called the midnight circus and i have run that particular particular module for pretty much every one of my role-playing friends that i've ever had because it's my favorite idea to get you kind of in this mindset where you're still playing a fantasy character but this character is very much you or perhaps like a marvel parallel universe you um, so you can kind of get in your head and kind of get into where this character is living. And the idea of a paranormal dark circus has always infatuated me. I just love it. Um, so this campaign was very special. Um, you all got to meet a very special character to me, which is Rashad. Um, Rashad is very special. He is my special little angel. Angel? Um, yeah. What you got to say? So yeah, it's super cool. Um, I have recently been writing, oh, this is, oh no, this is scandalous information, but I've been recently writing um, a fan fiction for Malifaux. Not really a fan fiction. It's not sexy in any way. Oh, but it's, it. Um, <laughs> it actually involves the exact same world. And spoiler alert, some of your characters are going to be mentioned Yay. because I feel like I know them and I'm going to be... Uh, throwing them into some of these scenarios so this dark carnival was a very very small portion of the pie that is this world of malifaux that i'm kind of brewing through for some of my writing adventures so yeah nice so That's you did awesome you did ask us to make characters that were a lot like ourselves so i want everyone to have a chance to kind of talk about their characters what where did you put yourself in that character what did you exaggerate? And if there's any character traits that weren't like you necessarily, that made it more of a character versus yourself. Um, so let's go ahead and start with Spencer. Me? Mm-hmm. 
Stuart Koval literally just translates to Spencer Smith. Um, cause Stuart spelled weird is also Stuart. Stuart means steward and Spencer in French means steward. Yeah. Damn. Have, have fucking fun Damn. with that. <clears throat> um, Koval or Cowell or however you prefer to say it is, uh, you know, as you can guess, just Smith. This is already bad. I shouldn't have started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta clear my throat. Oh, jeez, the anxiety. Do it, do it. Oh, do fuck. it. It's okay. Take Falling a second. Apart. We can edit it out. You're fine. No, don't edit it out. This is all this is all going. It's all Quality going. Content. Good. Okay. Nope. Nope. Feel like I'm bugging out. Alright, hold on. Are you lagging? Are you lagging in real life? What the fuck? I have no idea. Okay. Okay, this this should be way easier. All right, so Stuart Koval is a uh, is a journalist, and the idea for that was growing up. Um, writing has always been a wicked, wicked, wicked important part of my life, and for a long time, I wanted to be a journalist. But where me and Stuart differ is, I live in. You know the real world, and I had a kind of cozy upbringing, so there was no. Even though I had the desire to go on adventures, there was never really the need. There was never really like a clear cut like go here. There's spooky shit happening, or go here. Adventure awaits. Whereas in this universe, you have someone where I'm imagining Stuart isn't distracted by you know hours and hours of like persona and shit. So, you know, he he, has, he focuses entirely on his craft and what's important to him. So it's all about the writing. And while I think where we differ is he gets to flex his adventurous muscles a bit more than I do. Um, I uh, often in real life, I find that there are many things like instantly like, man, I should have done this. I should have done that. And I feel like moving to Malifaux um, and just going head on into cold cases and, and monsters and ghosts and shit. I feel like Stuart is a braver character than I am. I feel like Stuart is me if I acted on my impulses more. Um, if every time I saw a kid in danger, I like ran in. Um, if like every time a monster was like fucking around, I like pulled my gun and blah blah blah. Like a me that is less passive, a me that is less of a bystander, and a me that focused on writing and never got distracted and kind of just still like awkward and a little lame, kind of lumbers around, doesn't always have the strictest idea of what he's doing doesn't always strictly you know stick to his guns but still the essence just changed to kind of meet the demands of the world i was gonna say other than that he uh i imagine him looking the same um his outfit is an outfit that i basically own there wasn't a whole lot different just acting rather than standing by i would say was the big major difference in him I love this question so much. I'm going to learn so much about you guys. Hey, BB, <laughs> what about you? Yes, oh God. 
So James Matthews, five, four and a half band. <laughs> so when like, you know, told kind of like, you know, make a character close to myself, James Matthews, uh, because I am also five, four and a half. I just, I really, he was like, oh, sure people don't say that they don't have to it no i want people to understand i am five four and a half <laughs> i am also a beautiful chocolate man <laughs> modest too <laughs> with james and like uh I, I felt like i wanted to show kind of like the more timid side of myself because uh, I feel like playing Al so long, people are just like, man, this guy is so, like, forthcoming. And he's just like, yeah, I'm so cool and this and that. So I wanted, like, people to understand, like, that is, I wanted to understand it was a character, if that makes sense. Not that I don't think people don't understand, but I wanted them to really know it was a character. James Matthews is a bit more of myself, whereas Al is, like who i god this sounds so bad but alice who i wish i was not in the sense of being like a hoe but in the sense of <laughs> like being that like yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go and do it because so i wanted to like i just wanted that other side of myself the the very timid and the actual fear of dolls that i should have seen coming but i did not <laughs> the freak outs of james matthews was me actually freaking out because when we play this game everything is visualized so i'm just like what the fuck is happening i'm also uh i love to perform i've done like performing for like children so that was another thing that was like myself in it I think that's kind of it, I guess. I don't know. That's He's okay. just James Matthews is me. I will also admit the name was a complete accident. And I apologize, both past, present, and future Alex. Literally, <laughs> and more so apologize moose-wise. Literally, as we got there, like I had the whole character planned out. Until like when we got there, and it was like, all right, so what's your character's name? It's like, fuck. Uh, uh, James Matthews. <laughs> yes. So it was a complete accident. It happened literally on the spot because I made this entire character and didn't name him. <laughs> May the name live in infamy. <laughs> so, and then just became a joke. And I was just like, perfect. <laughs> I've done my job. We had some people question. Um, there, there was a line that Logan gave about like, oh, yeah, if that monkey was around, he'd be proud. And I had some people be like, what the fuck is he talking about? I'm like, you know, Proud Monkey, Dave Matthews Band song. And they're like, oh. So I had to like influence that a little bit, but I still thought that was a pretty good joke. I also, I, like, I'm, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've got a question for BB now, I guess. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know the Proud Monkey one, how many other ones did you miss? Oh, probably all of them. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I I understood and like knew like once like it was said like other than like me saying his name once it was said like oh James Matthews band I was like I know that's a thing, but I didn't I honestly I don't know anything about the James Matthews band I just know it's a thing and I I know it was funny, but honestly none of it I'm so sorry I love you all <laughs> I need to can you can you remember all of them 
Um, or any of the ones that you're super proud of? I think there was only three or four. There was uh, Gray Street was the first one. Mm-hmm. Ah, shoot, there's the proud monkey, the proudest monkey. The proudest monkey. Sorry, yes, <laughs> the proudest monkey. Yep. Um, cra- there was Crash into me was kind of. It was a little jumbled up. I don't. I don't think I said crash and I. I said crash into you. <laughs> and I. I can't remember anymore. Those are the only ones I remember. I know someone out there is going to catch them and just really appreciate them. And they're just like, "Oh my god, yes, this is awesome." So whoever you are, if you're out there, I. I, I hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan, tell us about Donovan and you. Uh, mine's really easy. Um, Donovan was kind of boring because I'm going through school right now, which is pretty boring. Um, I had a haircut. That's why I said he had a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) I sleep. That's why he started out sleeping. And I guess I'm in research, which is, uh, why he was doing research. Although, you know, he's a student, I guess. So that's kind of hand in hand. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I I guess uh, he I don't remember exactly how I came up with the name Donovan. I know it was tied around uh, the band Donovan. Um, I think I just googled names like boy names in the late eighteen hundreds. Well, and I thought that when we were sitting down with the character, you're like, I want to find a really lame name. Like that was like a direct goal you had. It was a lame, boring name. Because I remember being like, Logan's not yeah. a lame, boring name. And you're like, Yeah, it is fuck off and like you had this whole mission just to find the the lamest name possible and donovan's a terrible band so that worked (laughs) out good i'm glad i don't think i oh i fit in uh hurdy-gurdy man Mm, when mm -hmm, i was uh, talking mm -hmm. about uh what's his name lola yeah (laughs) so but I, i didn't get any more song names they're all way too long and really lame so that was it that's all that's donovan Okay. Someone asked me about Darling. Do it. Do it. Tell me about Darling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Darling, Darling Mystery, when I was doing burlesque, that was my burlesque persona. Um, And this wasn't her first playthrough. Um, I didn't play in... Moose's Dark Carnival with Darling, but I played another campaign with his, and I was very fortunate that I could play Darling, because at the time, I was really struggling in my persona and in my burlesque troupe at the time, so it really gave me a chance to kind of flesh out who Darling was, because, shocker, even though you're stripping, you do kind of need a personality to make it good. And unfortunately, a lot of the work I did in the game, I didn't get a chance to actually put on stage, but that's another story. Doesn't matter. And in and, and the other game, there were distinct paths, I think. There was, she started out just very much a true damsel in distress, terrified of everything, very, I don't know, willing to faint at everything too. But as Moose made the story go along, she kind of became more and more badass, but I wouldn't say it's on purpose. It's just her deepest flaw is making a deal with the devil. And... <laughs> The the <laughs> point where she was supposed to, or when when um Cooper offered to like hey no we'll make a contract that was really fucking hard because that's one of the things that I go through a lot is I just I I want to say yes to people a lot but I also want to experience shit 
So if an opportunity presents itself, I'm, I'm actually pretty likely to be like, yeah, sure. I'm down. Let's go do the thing. So the make a deal with the devil is is a wonderfully fun flaw because it really pushes any story anywhere when you're just saying yes to fucking everything. Darling is blonde like me and is as gorgeous as me, as humble as me. <laughs> Glitters like Glitters me. Glitters like me. The millennial pink came just like at the right fucking perfect time. That trend was super huge when uh, Darling was was being made for Malifaux. And when I was doing pictures and stuff, it's just it's soft, it's feminine, and it's it's everything I think Darling is. So the the ongoing joke that everything she owns is pink. Oh, that's my ice machine. And that sounds fucking awful. That sounds great. I can't wait for future Alex <laughs> to deal with that shit. Yikes. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so yeah, millennial pink, super feminine. Um, I, I also, I think it was another recording. I really wanted her to have a pen that had the poofy pom-pom thing at the end. It's like Elle Woods meets um, Cher from Clueless. Like there's just a lot of different aspects that go into it. But I guess speaking more about how she's me personally, I hate to say I'm two-faced. I just also know how to work a crowd. So we'll say that. We'll say I know how to work a crowd. And I can read how to kind of guide people and how to interact with people. And so the point where she broke and the, you guys need to get your fucking shit together, was a little bit of DM me being like, come on, guys, we got we got a story to do. We got we got to fucking get together and finish <laughs> the shit out. <laughs> um. But also it was important just so that way everyone knew that she is a two-faced biatch who kind of does what she wants to do for herself. And I would say that's maybe the biggest difference. I'm more of a people pleaser and she is looking out for number one every single time. I love it. Thanks. I'm glad I got to play her again. Me too. So I, I have plenty of questions, but I figure at this point we'll let We'll we'll open the gates. I'll st- I'll start us off. I'll I'll wet everyone's palate. Yes, do it. Um, what is one choice that your character made or didn't make that you would like to reverse the choice? So if you made the choice, not made it, or if you didn't make the choice, make it. I really wish I'd gone to the school with the guys. Okay. That I I felt the time like I wanted logan to be involved more like it just it seemed like we were moving on without him so i was hoping by doubling back we'd be able to pull the group together sooner rather rather than later and then i was like oh man that scene was really fucking cool i wish i could have been there so it's a little bit of fomo i'm pretty content with what donovan did um i'm glad that he got a uh like a nasty ending or whatever i think that's <laughs> fun that's the fun part about those kinds of games i mean it's not bad that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for James, I would say, oh fuck, I don't even know. Because James pretty much just did everything, like, uh, like out of fear. Honestly, I, I guess in terms of like, if he like if he would have fought through some of the fear, like I guess decision wise, would have been with the um the child that was in that like that tent like where everything like was like dark and stuff and like the visage of like his father showed up because that whole scenario was like almost frozen in fear i just wish 
I guess in myself, but also the character wise could fight through it to like think more of how to save that child rather than Rashad coming to save him, even though thank God for Rashad. (laughs) How about you, Spence? This is a question I actually thought a lot about, like while we were recording, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that Stuart did, and I think the moment it's most exemplified, would be when they're all arguing and Stuart really wants to leave. He goes back and forth on that really quickly. Um, and I wasn't a fan of that because it seemed too flippant. But the more I thought about it <clears throat> and the more I analyzed it in my daily life, I'm an incredibly goddamn flippant person. Um, most of the time i i will like i will pick safety in numbers or i will like even if i like really think that i should do this thing if everyone is in agreement that this is the safer thing to do then i will more than likely do that so while at first it seemed odd him going back and forth between like hey we should all leave to him trying to calm down James so that they could press on. I I think that is very me in a very negative way. Um, so I was cool with that. I would say, with that said, the only decision I regret <laughs> is uh, not saving the child <laughs> so that James could run off with the goddamn circus. I love it. Oh my gosh, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I guess before we get too far, too, I, I want to mention the fact that uh, this show was fucking cursed from the oh, start. God. We had to record the ah. first episode three different times. And the the second and third time were very, very similar. The first time was completely different. So the first one was actually Stuart and Darling kind of budding up a little bit. Um Yes. And I think we hit the circus nope. a little sooner than we did the, the other time. I don't think there was the kid involved. I remember. I don't remember there being yeah. a, a whole lot of in-town interaction. So moose. I like. I like understand like how I. I know at some points during like the regular stuff of like Soul Sword, like we kind of chatted about it. But in terms of like, we know he's important and you love him. But who like who is Rashad and where did he come from? And how do we spell his name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that is like my big like Rashad is just like I need more it, I I have to admit slightly. I the Rashad voice does things and I love it. <laughs> and I'm just like where did Rashad come from because I need Rashad. <laughs> So to answer your question, BB, Rashad came from a my very first foray into Malifaux, like the through the breach role playing system. Um, mm. I needed to create. He's he actually is version two of a very different character whose name is Roland. Uh, Roland is very much me walking through the world of Malifaux, but I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't portray that character to the group of friends I was role-playing with because they'd instantly see it as me. So I went to the drawing board and Rashad is really every dark carnal desire that I have personified. 
He mm-hmm. is, he's like my shadow there. I take Rashad with me everywhere I go. And he's kind of like that. He's the creature behind the mask that you never want to show somebody. And I love him. Um, he's, he's had a few more flamboyant days. He's had a few more dark and creepy days, but he's always there. He's always this essence of this kind of dark opulence is how I describe him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Rashad came from that and he is very much how Darling described the devil. And he's all about helping you help him. It's not, it's, it's never really for anything other than that. In the very first game, he was a spirit who was haunting this, um, uh, it was the Mages Academy for the Guild. It's where they, you know, Sonia Crid was there. They, they trained mage, like witch hunters there. And uh, he had been trapped in the walls. And one of our characters ended up walking into his like prison. And it was this demented Mad Hatter tea party. And he and his shrunken head, Philip, were there having a conversation. And the character walked up and he offered her a deal. And in return for increasing her um, resurrectionist gifts, he was able to, you know, utilize her in ways. And there were some times that, you know, she couldn't talk about him. He was, even when she tried, she would say something else. Like when she would try to say something, I'd shut up the player and say, oh, those flowers are beautiful or something stupid, just completely like left field. And the rest of the players were like, what? So that (laughs) went on and. Later on, he possessed her body, and then through course and happenings, he got his own body. And then, it's, so yeah, it, it's uh, Rashad's very special, and he's been evolving and kind of changing. Yeah, I could go on; it's fine. So this is Moose's question. So I am someone who uh, quietly gets a little upset when uh, people do not do things as I plan them out. Um, and it sounds like it sounds like Dark Carnival is something that you have thought a lot about and had a lot of plans for. So my question is, how much of Dark Carnival went exactly how you expected it would go? And how much of it was just completely throttled by our characters just doing um, shit? Well, the honest answer is um, I threw my notebook uh, day two. Recording two of it, I went, cool, and I quietly closed my notebook so future Alex wouldn't hear it, and I put that notebook away and never touched it again. So about the middle of session two until the end of the Dark Carnival, I was just throwing ideas off off my sleeve. Like I wasn't – there was no writing. There was no anything because it had diverged so far. That I'm like, great, we're going to do this. We're just going to have a story. Mm-hmm. Um, with my normal role-playing group, I learned very early that I can't ever expect things to go the way I want them to go. <laughs> so um, I, you know, I went into this with a very grand idea. And when the uh, the story that you guys were building for, you know, not only me, but for our listeners and just kind of building for yourselves was more interesting than what I had put together, I was really happy with it. Hmm. I believe role-playing is kind of at its finest when it's organic and it's natural and the players are really getting into the world and their character and really kind of figuring it out that way. A scripted story is also nice, but in a very different way. Um, I think what you guys were able to produce Hmm. really kind of... It was nice to have a little special, and I think you guys 
at least I hope you guys enjoyed it as something a little bit different than what our normal game goes like. I know Alexis doesn't really script a whole lot either, but uh, she keeps us a little bit, the fence is a little bit tighter in the normal game. (laughs) I don't have a script for you guys. I have a script (laughs) for the NPCs. <laughs> Literally, like pages of quotes, and be like, okay, if they say A, here's a quote. If they say B, here's a quote. Like, I, I have plans like A through Z for most stuff, and then I have to close the notebook so you guys can't hear. But, <laughs> um, real quick, I'm gonna uh, pause you because in the chat, Flavor Davy actually gave uh, Moose a really nice compliment, and I wanted to share it. Dark Carnival is great. Moose is a super talented DM. He seemed like he really knew how to play y'all off of each other and against the environment, and it was really impressive. So she, she Shout out to Flavor Davy. Right? She's pretty <laughs> rad. I like her. Yeah. There was something that I never really got to ask you guys, but I was going to have it in character creation, but I omitted it. What would be one defining not necessarily a flaw, but a a trait of each of your characters that it can't be, you know, darling's color. You can't, you can't pick dusty rose. What would be something that your character could be picked out in a crowd? The idea behind it was, is I wanted to be able to put you all in the crowd of people at the circus and see to have, if your friends would actually notice you by remembering, Oh, you know, Jack Hoosie What's It has a giant mole on the side of his nose. Oh God, there's the mole type of thing. We never got to it, but I, I'd love to know these things. If you had to give your character something, what would it be? I think mine's easy. <laughs> uh, again, knowing that they're supposed to be kind of based off of us, uh, I would say Darling has the Disney princess eyes that I have. Again, I'm humble. <laughs> okay <laughs> just like the, the the kind of big doe eyes that under certain circumstances can be a bit creepy i suppose if you just don't blink i mean i think like with with james that the fact he's exactly five four and a half <laughs> no i'm kidding um <laughs> uh i don't know it's a it's a hard one like i personally feel and then maybe it's like i don't know if it's like a modest thing or just because i just love my own hair like my hair the like the curls of my hair i feel like and, and like giving that to like james i feel like the curls of my hair are like unique it's not like anytime i go like out anywhere make sure like my hair like i don't want like even if i get a haircut i don't want it to look like oh yeah you you look like you have so-and-so's like hairstyle or you know that like i want it to look like no okay you have bam bam's hairstyle Okay. Like that is my hairstyle and it belongs to me. And it belongs to me. <laughs> like I try like I I like I don't do anything like, you know, crazy extravagant, but enough to where it's like, you know, it's not one of those like oh because like there was a point where I did have it dyed and everyone's like, Oh, you look like I think it's like Odell or something. I don't know, some like football player. It was like, Oh man, yeah, cool, you look like this guy and I was like, Okay, so I guess I have to cut the blonde out of my hair and uh start over because I don't want to look like some football player i want to look like me um yeah probably i have a lot of hair uh so just really thick hair sometimes i have basically a bowl cut on accident it just grows into a bowl it's super adorable i really like your hair logan <laughs> so that's that's probably me. in a bowl 
for Stuart, I think it would be less a um a physical feature. I think it would be his posture. Um Stuart is a very tall human being um who tries to make himself smaller, tries to make himself more inconspicuous, and it doesn't <laughs> work. So it is this towering figure in the crowd um, with shoulders slouched, head kind of down, blah, 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 like a very, like, in trying to look inconspicuous, being at that height, you are drawing attention to yourself. <laughs> There's something suspicious about it. Um, so it, it draws more eyes than it averts. So I don't know how fulfilling this was for everybody. Give me one thing you would have liked to have seen, had happen, you know, enjoyed that you didn't get out of this experience. I think for me, it wasn't something that you did, Moose. Um, I just thought we were all so mission focused. I tried really hard to to try and get us to enjoy the circus and explore more creepy corners, but everyone just really had a task at hand. And so I, I was bummed that we didn't get to be more participants in the circus, I guess. And we were outliers in a, in a, in a way. And I feel like we could have enjoyed the circus more if we had been under the guise of this isn't so creepy. It's fine. <laughs> Every, everything's okay. It, it, it's fine. <laughs> I noticed that you were trying to get us to go play games and things like that, but my character was um going to die something or something, bad. Yeah. you know. Yeah, so he was pretty yeah, something bad. He was pretty focused on not dying. Uh and didn't really care about throwing hoops onto little sticks and things like that. Okay. But I'm glad that you got the that you put in the shock prod and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So uh mine is like very similar. More so I I guess it's more so on like how I made James, I guess. Uh cuz even like with like the cuz he was less like mission drawn but just fear wise. Like the dolls like played like a huge part in like some of the stuff like with the circus which I loved and like it really fucked with me as like playing the character as well but being able to like explore it more and i guess going back to like the decision making one i kind of wish james had eaten like one of the apples mm. um because <laughs> i feel like as a player wise i feel like like i, I don't i don't want to say it was like a meta gaming type thing but i ple i feel as a player wise i tried to like avoid him eating any of like the treats well, you also had Stuart telling you not to, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was say, Stuart was wicked paranoid from the start. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but I, I like I kind of wish he did because, like, like I said, as a player, like standpoint, I feel like there was de like there definitely was some shit with like the the apple and like the like other treats and stuff. And like, if he wasn't so like frozen in fear by the dolls. To just experience the the weird shit of this fucking carnival. Um, so what I will say is with everyone being so mission focused, because um, obviously I really, really enjoyed it. So one of my problems was that it was a one-off and not a full campaign. Um, 
because I would have loved to have had that be like a long drawn out thing that slowly built over time and whatnot. Like, like, oh my god, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I I I guess I wish I could have seen, even though I think it doesn't fit with the finished product we had. With everyone being so mission focused, I was kind of hoping there would be a point where, and I don't know exactly how this would have happened because um, everyone was on such different missions, but something where forces beyond their control would force their objectives to kind of clash with one another. Like, Stuart, you know, you can uh, you can save this child, but if if the group dedicates to doing this, there's no way that Darling gets her thing. And things that might have drawn, like, rather than just being choices, things that might have drawn the group in their, like, whacked out, stressed out state into conflict. Um, I don't know why I wanted to see that. I just kind of, I, I guess I, I was anticipating, like, Dark Carnival Civil War. Um, to some lesser extent. Like, I didn't think it was going to be, like, them fucking, like, taking their shirts off and just beating on each other. But, like, I figured maybe something were, uh, you know. And obviously, like, their their goals are, like, so out there. Like, they're not even in the same category, so they wouldn't necessarily, like, naturally conflict, but something to kind of push them away. Though I guess that kind of defeats the, like, purpose of us being a team and working together and not splitting the party i would say that like i think there was potential for that if we didn't have such independent characters because again i i think yeah in theory darling could have stayed and waited with you guys at the show but she was like mm, peace out i got shit to do i feel like james is the only dependent character uh i will resonate with that uh spence i was really hoping that this the only really, really strong goal that I wanted to put in people's minds was hunting for the baritone. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that perhaps Donovan's would weigh out. And there was a nice little segment of, like, I really loved that Logan just played into this weird, like, hysteria after he was attacked in the big top. I was really hoping to play that forward a little bit more, but just how flips managed and things like that, he got out of it. Um, but I was really hoping he would honestly like get you guys like, no, like, no. And like really either separate you guys to the point that I could pick you off one by one really quick and easy with mm-hmm. the happenings of the carnival or to like for somehow, I don't know, like get you guys so riled up that you're like, yeah, save this kid. He gonna die. Like, yeah, I get you. I feel that. So what if uh, Donovan hadn't, gotten stamped when he went into the big top and turned around would he have still been whisked away uh yes um i had plans for you had you not been stamped and brought in there you were going to get lost uh chasing this well this image of the baritone throughout the circus so i could easily i would again separate you from the masses so at the very end of the game you were still not going to find the baritone and still have this outcome of being turned into one of these neverborn clowns. Um, I actually had the idea of, you know, still having you lose your eyesight because these glasses were so like your, your shtick. 
um, still having you be this blind, like weird clown that followed around. But so that was the big thing is that had you not been stamped and brought in there, there was a very different fate for Donovan. It just worked out both ways. Sure. And uh, so Donovan was never, ever going to find Baritone Lola. There was a chance. Um, had had Darling not just been all for <laughs> herself, I was I was waiting for one other person, had it been James or Stuart, as long as someone was going to honestly help you find the baritone, you would have found him. Oh, but no assholes. one was honestly going to help you do it. <laughs> wow. Some oh, friends. No. <laughs> Some friends. God, she's a bitch. She I was. She well, had just one of you. Bitch. Like, I just wanted one of you to honestly go, yes, we're going to find this creepy clown for you. Like, no ulterior motives, nothing else. We're going to find it. You would have found the baritone instantly. Um, I have like a what if, I don't know if it's like too broad, I guess, but more so in terms of like the story wise, I guess it kind of relies on me, I get a bit, but had James been a little more not afraid, brave wise, and kind of like actually dove into some of the situations, like do you, in terms of like, you know, the, the DM wise, the story making, do you feel like that would have altered like a bunch of things that happened if james wasn't so either frozen in fear or actually acted on things more rather than um it would have made probably for a more dynamic kind of story there were a few bits and pieces that i had planned again i had a lot planned for each character that I wanted to see that if I could, when I got the reaction from that, that terror from you in the first session, I thought perhaps I could build James up and like get to face, kind of face his fears. And he mm -hmm. was going to have a little bit different of an outcome. Uh, something I had kind of planned on is you kind of squaring up against one of these circus performers that you would have found out is actually legitimately evil and like defending one of the children that was stolen from the school. It was actually supposed to be going to be your favorite kid that wanted to be you when he grew up. Um, yeah. So there, it would have made for a no, not a better story or like any, or more interesting. It just would have been a different story. I have a, what if then related to uh, the, the final decisions that we made there. So the decision to grab James. I assume James would have died if Stuart hadn't grabbed him or had left him behind. Died is a very loose term. Um, okay. Okay. Yes, James would have been turned into one of the dolls. What the fuck? Yeah. They would have Ooh. they would have bound you to one of the dolls like you would still it's kind of an out-of-body experience. You know you're attached to it, but you'd have to live with it for all eternity. Oh. Oof. <laughs> oh. Because in my world, they do that to some of the children. Um, they, they bind the children to the dolls. Um, the Just quickly, Spencer, I'm so sorry, just to give a little bit no of backstory to our listeners as well as to you guys. Um, Mr. Cooper and the whole circus have made a deal with some very powerful Neverborn. And in order to produce, you know, his circus and to have a lot of his magic, he has to steal children for these Neverborn. And it's kind of in a turn, he's also trying to get back his daughter, if I remember right. I think it's his daughter that was taken 
or died or something like he's trying to get back his child by sacrificing everyone else's. <laughs> so I, I, I change a little bit and like, I think he uses some of the children to make more of these mechanical things and anyway, but continue. Um, no. So my, um, my question was going to relate uh, with that similar choice. Um, if he had grabbed the child instead, was that a real goddamn child? <laughs> yes, it was. It was the actual child you were trying to save. Okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. Like, either way, you were saving saving a life, but yeah, that was the actual child. I wasn't okay. going to just let you, you make that choice and not get anything for it. So Flavor Davy in our Discord asked a similar question, but I think I prefer her phrasing. Um, what would mm -hmm. have happened if Stuart hadn't followed his dick and she like crossed it out? I mean, heart. And save the child instead of uh, James. And I just thought that was the funniest one <laughs> shit. Oh, oh, God, that's great. Oh my that's God. wonderful. Followed. Dick. God, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, he would have been able to save the child. Um, and James, of course, would have been killed in a matter of speaking. Um, but he chose to save James, which allowed James to... I'm not, there was another, okay, to expand on that question, um, it's a little bit different. I believe had things gone a little bit differently throughout the story, James and Stuart, Stuart would have taken James to Malifaux proper with him. Like it, not necessarily as like a butt buddy type thing, but as like, you I'm know. going to, like, <laughs> I'm going to take you with me as like my assistant, like. I care about you as a friend. You're clearly like not living your, your life, your best life. So he would have taken you and like let you perform in a way. Like he would get information by using you for his stories. Um, yeah. So, Moose, did Darling pick the right girl? <laughs> uh uh so what do you think darling i think neither were the right girl um <laughs> this has been i've been waiting for this question i'm honestly surprised <laughs> you never asked me that in a text message or anything else because it i was ate, waiting for this <laughs> it ate you up and i can still hear in the slight tone of your voice it's still eating you up and I just I'm so mad because every fucking game I always forget to ask for description like just descriptions or anything fucking important every yep. time I forget every until I'm there I'm like shit every um, time I'm going to choose to plead the fifth and no you told everyone else that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> she did not okay she damn did not choose the right girl. Mm. Was there a way for her to know if it was the right girl? You didn't ask the questions prior, so no. Uh, okay. It was really I, a 50-50 whether you chose the right girl. And I was like, well, either she gets it, either she doesn't. Um, so I, I guess information for you guys and for listeners. Again, since Darling has this past with, with Robert, or Moose specifically, uh, the campaign she was in was with a character named Knight, but adult Knight. And so it was kind of an, an Easter egg for me and our friend who listens 
But um, I, I think I might have actually edited out my little squeal of delight at it because you guys have no fucking idea who Knight is. I do. Y'all don't. Uh, but so, and so, yeah, at some point I was like, yeah, I could meta this if I wanted to. But it, it's like I, I darling doesn't know in this world who Knight is. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that it was, was just it, it was and that it was really it wasn't necessarily fair of me to do that to you. But I was like, she has. Well, after you didn't ask any really defining characteristics, I was like, she has a 50 50 chance that's good enough like um, i never ask god how many times do i never fucking ask i know it's fine <laughs> it's it fine. fine someday i'll learn so because i know we talked about it a bit but in terms of darling mm-hmm. do we get to know a bit more about her backstory ish and how oh. it may or may not kind of coincide with current story yeah, so it actually kind of ties into a question that uh, our friend Lord Kyle K on Twitter and on our Discord asked. Um, so if you don't mind if I smash it with another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually asked the question, what did losing Darling's dad's ring mean um, or have to do with Darling's escape in the Hall of Mirrors? <laughs> Darling Mystery, in my creation of her, has a father, as most of us do. And I, I can't get too much into it, BB, because we haven't met him yet. But he actually is a character in the current campaign. Yeah, that's right. that's why I was just like, I don't know if this is. Uh... <laughs> no, I, I I was planning on talking about it too. Um, as it, I, I might touch it on another later Q and A, but she definitely is the daughter of a uh, upcoming NPC, VIP NPC. I think actually it's what he's listed in in my binder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that will all make sense once you know who it is. And once once we meet Daddy Dearest, hmm. I, I shall go into more detail about the backstory as well. But I'm also kind of curious, uh, what did the ring have to do? Um, and again, previous campaign, that ring is fucking baller, where <laughs> if you rub it the right way, it can create the biggest fear of your enemy for x amount of turns or whatever darling had a lot of fucking magic shit on her that we had to edit down because it wouldn't make sense in this game why she would have it but yeah. um i suppose that's another thing about darling is that she has a lot of daddy issues and i do too <laughs> that's yeah. why i'm daddy it's fine <clears throat> it's fine <laughs> you're welcome um forgive so, me father for you have sinned um <laughs> so losing Fuck. darling's ring that was a little bit of so i watched darling in this game i liked how you played how kind of two-faced and how out for darling she was i didn't get to see that in our last campaign and i really wanted this to be like the nega darling show like darling (laughs) darling's throwing off that dusty rose color and trading it for black um so (laughs) losing that ring was kind of a a loss of innocence in a way you were losing you were losing kind of touch with a portion of yourself like mm-hmm. i know that i i knew that darling had daddy issues going into it it wasn't really talked about but the fact that it, it's your father's ring like that has oh, yeah. weight to it even without anyone knowing the backstory like you don't want to lose a family heirloom 
Like they don't know that the darling of our games had no idea what happened to her dad, mm-hmm. like type of thing. So you lost that in pers- like, and it was the choices you made. You had the chance to go get it. You had the chance to stop and go, no, I need this in my life. And there would have been a completely different outcome. It was so hard. I, like a lot of decisions for darling is really hard. Um, but I, I agree that I was definitely trying to play her more nega darling. And that was in part because when I, talked about bringing darling into this game you mentioned you 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 don't want pre badass darling in this campaign i'm like yeah that makes sense she was fucking useless but this was definitely the the the, from the point where we last played her to this this is where like i where i wanted her to go eventually okay and again i don't want to talk too much about our old campaign i don't want to talk about her stuff um so yes losing the ring was losing touch with a portion of herself that she'll never get back oh my gosh that's like a huge what if what if albert long was present that was that is like an interesting idea of like the the mainline characters in the dark carnival like i feel like they might have gotten less far like um I feel like Jared would have just started punching mannequins like right out the bat <laughs> and Rashad would have fucking <laughs> killed him. Cause like Stuart had to kind of like, I don't know, Stuart like shot a guy, which wasn't so great, but um, you know, like for the most part, they were kind of not trying to pick fights. Whereas I think a bunch of like combat oriented folks would have gone in there and uh, like, I, I don't think there's a way to actually like that place up. I, I feel like that's the whole point of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like most of our mainline characters would not have made it out of the carnival. <laughs> I mean, I also feel like, like I don't know like everyone else's like ability in terms of, like, I've done it before like at a table-wise, but like doing the whole two-character thing. I also feel like Al would have gotten very, very annoyed with James. Like, Al would just have been like, fucking man up, dude. Let's get this done. <laughs> and then he probably would have poked at him a little bit about the whole like dog things like look you got a beautiful lady over here like come on dude man oh god i feel like alan darling would have gotten along god yeah they would oh god (laughs) hashtag power couple i don't know like that's the thing like jared is like the only way he can solve problems is through just sheer violence and drive and like but he has such a broken psyche where like the second they tried any of that big top shit on him he would break down and die oh, like, no. immediately I, I think Brecca would be eaten by the circus so fucking quick <laughs> and, and not because she's fighting it's just because she's so into that shit that she would fall for every single goddamn like yeah, well, trick. Just eat every single apple. Yeah, and, and what's funny too is that so some of her character background is that she used to travel with a fucking traveling circus. So, but she still, mm-hmm. she still would be like, "Ooh, caramel apple, that looks delicious." Yeah, I'm totally gonna fuck around in the house of freaks and then the mirrors. And wait, what? What else can I do? Like she would be everywhere, and she would be picked off so, so, so easily. Yeah, so and easily. Then- and then you'd have Rosa, who'd fucking walk through the entire goddamn carnival, never see a fucking thing. <laughs> Just be like, man, that carnival was fun, wasn't it? Fuck you, Rosa. <laughs> well, I want to thank you again, Moose, for running that for us. I know I had a lot of fun. Sounds like everyone else did, too. 
not speak for y'all, but it's always good to play with different DMs and knowing different styles. And I always like being in your games. So thanks. Thanks for being here and doing that. Yeah, it it was great. It was also like a bittersweet because I loved playing the new, like a new character. But at the same time, there were moments where I'm just like, fucking, oh, God, Al would destroy this. But I'm not Al right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all I got, guys. So we'll say bye. Peace out, homies. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful night. Hey, everyone. It's Alex. One more time. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us. Do you want to stay in touch? We'd love to hear from you. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SoulStoryPod. The cast is on Twitter as well. You can find Moose at Moosifo, Spencer at Spare Bear the Meek, Bam Bam at Hot Bam with three M's, Logan at KOTL of the Light, and you can find me, your Fate Master, at Roll for Alex.